Hey everybody, welcome to TIW Podcast. I'm Eric, and today I watched Hell in a Cell 2019, and very quickly, uh, I want to ta- also talk about Joker, uh, the the new film directed by Todd Phillips and starring Joaquin Phoenix. Um, so I'm going to start with that. Spoilers, kind of, not really, but spoilers for Joker. Skip ahead like a minute, maybe, um, to get to the Hell in a, Hel- Hell in a Cell stuff. Um starting right now. Okay, so um, I thought Joker was really well made. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was, uh, had an incredible performance in it, um, but I can absolutely uh, see uh, why, why uh, anyone might uh, not like the movie or uh, find it problematic and all that kind of thing, and I think, uh, yeah, maybe, that might be, uh, the film maybe could have done things about that, but I think maybe if it did, it would have made the film suffer as well, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure exactly, but I can absolutely see the problems with it, and, uh, how the wrong messages could be taken from it, and, uh, like, idolization of this character, as opposed to seeing this as a, um, what is, what is that, um, uh, a warning, uh, like, uh, uh, cautionary tale type of thing, um, because I think the main point of the film, I think if you've skipped ahead a minute, then you're tuning in right now, I'm still talking about Joker, so skip ahead another minute, um, but, uh, I think it's more of a cautionary tale, um, about, uh, the importance of addressing mental health and not overlooking those who do have, um, uh, problems with, uh, psychological problems and, uh, and more, so, um, yeah, I think that, I, I think that that's the intent of the film, but because of the character, because of, I mean, the character does say some very true things, and some of those true things are, are the point that, uh, the, the productive point that the film is making, that, yeah, there, there are some moments when, like, a guy, like a couple seats away from me, like threw up his fist. It was like, yeah. And I was like, no, that's, mm, I, I think, I think that's a problem. So anyway, that uh, other than that though, I thought it was really well done, uh, really well made. Um, and it's, uh, it's awesome to see. It's not even really a super villain or superhero movie at all. It's, very realistic, I thought, uh, granted in reality, uh, there aren't any super, there aren't people flying around or anything like that, and, um, and it, it could have just been a movie that wasn't about Joker at all, could have been anything else, but, um, yeah, it's interesting to see it and, uh, see this type of film, uh, made using, uh, well-known comic book characters instead of the, the, kind of usual running around and punching bad guys and, and flying off into the sunset and all that. What do you, what do you, that kid like took the absolutely wrong approach to crossing that chain. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on thoughts on Joker. I I don't think I spoiled anything actually about the events in the film. Um, so there you go. 
All right. Uh, so I've been sick since Friday night. That's why I haven't recorded anything until now. I'm recording this right before Raw here in Bakersfield, which is the real Hell in a Cell. Um, and yeah, so uh, I actually kind of watched Hell in a Cell twice. Um, so I went to the event. Um, I drove from uh, from from uh, Fullerton to San Jose to meet up with uh, with Ricky. And thankfully, because I was feeling so sick, uh, Ricky was able to drive uh, the rest of the way to Sacramento and then drive back. And then I stayed at his place that night. Um, so that I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, we also went with Russell and Rudy and it was, uh, it was a good, good time. Um, we, we had a lot of fun despite, uh, maybe some, uh, some bad things that happened, some bad things that happened badly. I don't know. But anyway, uh, when we got back, uh, to Ricky's, we, we watched most of the pay-per-view again, um, since we didn't hear the commentary and stuff when we were actually there. And then, uh, we finished watching it this morning and then also watched the Goldberg Chronicle, which was pretty interesting. Um, it kind of ends, it ends fairly abruptly, just like, oh, the SummerSlam match happened. That's it. Cool. Um, but anyway, um, so this is officially the, the, the pay-per-view of the year that I've watched the most of this year, since I normally don't rewatch the shows. Um, or if I do, it's only like a small part of it. But anyway, I did really like this show overall. Uh, I did, I missed Natalia versus Lacey Evans and we did not watch that back because it was on the kickoff. Um, but I did, I saw the ending and I thought that was, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good, uh, finish there. And, um, that was the shortest match of the night, I think. No, second shortest. Um, that and uh, the the six man tag team match are the only matches of the night that were shorter than ten minutes, and they weren't much shorter than ten minutes. So that's uh, that's kind of crazy. Also, really crazy is that well, first of all, they only had four matches announced going into the show, and then also uh, is crazy. It's really cool, I think, that the women's match, or there were only four championship matches. And three of the four were women's championship matches. And I think that's pretty cool. So anyway, we opened the show with the best, absolutely the best match of the night. Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. Um, Becky Lynch won via disarm her. Um, but there, oh, this, this match had so many great moments. It was also the longest match of the night. And really, it, it, it probably should have been the main event. But I won't get too deep into that. Uh, my favorite things that happened, or my favorite thing that happened, was um, them constructing the chair in the corner um, with the kendo sticks, uh, having the kendo sticks in the corner, and then putting the chair on top of that, and then Sasha sitting in the chair, and then the big drop kick uh, from the apron to that corner. That was amazing. That was freaking awesome. Um, I can't remember any other specific things. I mean, there's tons and tons of stuff that they did. Tons of stuff that they did. And I enjoyed all of it. So this this match is my number one for the night. 
Um, my number one, okay, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, this next match was also really good. Um, it started a little bit slow, but it, it just built and built and built, picked up so much momentum. And, uh, by the time the crowd was going nuts, I was going to nuts as much as I could with a sore, sore throat and stuffed ears and all that. But, uh, the tornado tag team match between Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, Daniel and Roman won. And, uh, as, as uh, Roman offered a handshake, I thought, nah, you guys got a hug. And Daniel Bryan thought the exact same thing. They hugged. Everybody went wild. It was great. I loved it. Um, then we had Randy Orton versus Ali. A surprise match. This was uh, just announced earlier in the day when Ali challenged Randy. And, uh, excuse me. Um, oh, man. these Ali is so freaking good. And Randy Orton is also really good. Um and this match was awesome. The last minute of this match was fantastic. It's my favorite move of the night was Randy going for the RKO and Ali countering it, which was friggin' awesome. But then uh, when he went for that uh, that spring or that slingshot uh, face buster maneuver, uh, which he had pulled off earlier in the match. Randy was ready for it and hit was successfully hit the RKO at that point. Um, so Randy won, but man, what a freaking awesome match for Ali. Um, I, I really like that. And then another fantastic match uh, that was announced right before the show, uh, Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa and Nikki for the Tag Team Championship. Um, and uh, the Kabuki Warriors won after uh Asuka cheated with some of that green mist action and I was like so excited about that it was freaking awesome and um uh from earlier in the match I I I didn't pick up on it as much then watching it back uh the broadcast version I was like oh they're they're acting like heels this entire time and like right before uh Kyrie did her march and then poked Nikki in the eyes. I realized, oh, they're in the heel corner. Hmm, interesting. So, um, yeah, I, when after uh, she poked her in the eyes, I, 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 I know I could be making this up. I could just be lying about this. But I did think, oh, I hope she does green mist. That would be amazing. Um, and she did, and it was, and they're the champions, and I'm so excited, especially if they go to NXT to challenge um, some of the teams down, down there. We've got Rhea and Reyna that they could fight. We've got, uh, because Rhea and Reyna are face a face team right now on uh, NXT. So, well, in, on the house shows, Reyna hasn't appeared on TV yet uh, with, Reyna, with uh, Rhea. But, um, and then of course we have Dakota and Tegan Knox. Tegan's return has been, uh, hyped up a little, uh, we've got a promo for her return soon. So, um, and then I'm sure there, there are some other teams. They can also go and, uh, team with EO and mess up the horsewomen. That'd be awesome too. So I, I, I'm really excited for this. And, um, I'm also interested to see where, uh, Alexa and Nikki go from here. Then we had the six-man tag team match. Viking Raiders and their surprise opponent, or their surprise partner, Braun Strowman, face off against the OC, AJ Styles with Gals and Carl Anderson. And um, the Viking Raiders won by disqualification because they all started to beat down Braun Strowman. Um, so, yeah, and then AJ was just totally messed up and could barely walk to the back. He needed help walking to the back. It was really, that was really funny. I like that. Um, 
Then we had Chad Gable versus King Corbin, another fantastic match from these two. Um, Chad Gable won, and now uh, I don't know what this series is at now. Is it two to two or something like that? They're going to become a tag team at some point, right? They've got to. The King and his and his and his and his uh, what's what's a good a positive thing? Not as jester, but like a, a king's a king's right hand man is inform not informant. But I don't know, something like that. But this match, I really like this match as well. Um, the victory was great. And uh, then afterwards he was interviewed and then attacked by Corbin because Corbin is not happy about that at all. Um, so, like, if we're going off of everything that I've been talking about so far, I love this pay-per-view. Yeah. And I, and I stand, I do love this. I did love this pay-per-view overall. Um, I'm not going to let the, the last, the last match more, most importantly, the last like five minutes affect how much I liked the rest of it. So, um, moving on, uh, second to last match was Charlotte Flair versus Bailey for the SmackDown women's championship. Um, this match was, was, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was, um, exciting to see Charlotte Flair win. Most of the crowd was not happy about it because we're very close to, uh, Bailey's hometown here, but, um, Charlotte Flair does win, uh, via the figure four leg lock, figure eight leg lock, and, uh, she's now 10 time champion. There we go. So, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. What was I going to say about that match? I can't remember anything specific about that. Well, afterwards, Bailey, they, they stayed, the camera stayed on Bailey for a really long time afterwards, um, without anything. I thought watching back that they're going to be saying, talking about it or something on commentary, but that was not the case. It was just camera there on Bailey for like seven minutes. It felt like, but, um, yeah, yeah. We'll see where things go from here for both of these, uh, both of these women. Um, if they have, I thought that maybe at least some of the draft picks would be be determined by matches, um, this coming Friday and the following Monday, um, including like who is the champion. So the current champions wouldn't necessarily be locked in to what championship, uh, to the show that they have the championship of, because they could have a championship match that moves them or, uh, removes that title from them. And along with winning the championship, they'd be winning their spot on that show possibly. So I, I thought maybe that could be the case between Bailey and Charlotte, but I, we'll find out. We'll find out more on Raw. Um, I need to wrap up this episode because main event starts in 14 minutes and I'm still sitting in my car. But, um, oh, it's not that far away. It's like, that's kind of a walk. Um, and then our, the main event, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt. Um, watching it back, I feel like what they were trying to go for was that the referee stopped the match because he didn't want Seth to go down a dark, dark, dark path that he would regret. Um, and the comment commentary didn't really sell that idea at, at all. Really it's really just the ref that was selling that idea. And maybe, hopefully we get some explanation of that, but the referee stopped after stopped the match after Seth used a sledgehammer to slam, uh, the fiend in the, in the head, uh, with all kinds of, with a, a ladder and a chair and a toolbox all 
um, piled up on top of his head and uh, the referee stopped it and as the paramedics came in Seth uh, went to attack the, the fiend again but the fiend woke up and destroyed Seth after the match had already ended so there any number uh, there's a bunch of different ways this match could have gone that were wasn't that wouldn't have been perceived as a complete failure like this way did and even the way that they did execute it this way i felt like they could have done better by explaining it more on commentary and uh, maybe there's that they're trying to keep that realism of oh they don't know what's going on um but break that a little bit so that you can help us know what's going on like i think it's okay for the commentators to know more than a little bit more than they theoretically should just so that we for the benefit of the audience that's what they're there for it's kind of frustrating when it is a scripted event for the commentators to act like they don't have no idea what's happening in some instances this being one of them so yeah the ending not not good but there's some cool things that happen in the match the red lights is kind of neat but for how long the match was if the match was only like two minutes i think every the fiend the match should end the fiend matches so far they all should have ended when he snaps his opponent's neck and then like disqualification because they've freaking he freaking murdered someone that's that's what i think should be happening but anyway um it is what it is as they say and uh we'll see if they explain it or or what tonight on raw so um i gotta get in there and i have 11 minutes till main event um let me know what you thought about this episode by uh this episode and um the joe and joker by tweeting me at tiw podcast go to tiwpodcast.com for more reviews if you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site please share some links with your friends subscribe on itunes spotify stitcher youtube wherever you like to listen stay safe out there in all the infinite multiverses and we'll see you next time here on tiw podcasts bye